The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. The Professional Casual Network has gear. Check out teespring.com slash store slash professional casual for fresh new swag. Also, every month we're going to be giving away any one item to a Patreon backer at the $5 tier or above. Check out patreon.com slash professional casual for more information. Also, a special thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring the show. To get 10% off your order and to help support the show, use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout or use the link in the show notes. I also want to give a quick shout out to our friends Alexa and Cynthia at the Within the Pages podcast where they talk about specifically YA fantasy, which is what we're talking about here, what we're telling here. They focus on reviews and kind of deep dives into YA fantasy. The third episode was a really cool one about just things that they had read or recommend or they were going to read soon, which was really cool to get an idea of what other things are out there if you're into fantasy and just cool stories. So check out Within the Pages with Lexa and Cynthia. We're on the chapter 18. Boop. This book is legal. Jeez. Oh, a lot of connotations. Be available on, on Amazon.com to buy <laughs> on paperback or digital. Good cover there. That was nice job. Yeah. It's also true what you yeah. just said. Which I feel like I'm really, really bad at plugging that, especially on the show. But yeah, you can get the pay if you want to hold a piece of big fiction energy history in your hands. You can get the paperback of this book. Well, from Amazon, because it's print on demand from Amazon. That's why you can't get other places. It's the POD. Yo, you, you know me. Sure. <laughs> or you can get it as an ebook if, if digital is your thing. Uh, either way, we would uh, be eternally grateful if you did that. Just like the little green men in Toy Story. If you live in the New York area as well, you could pick it up from Bearded Dragon Games and Hobbies. That's true. Got a couple of copies there last I knew. But yeah, we're um, oh, we're get we're getting near the end here. We got some big things happening. And like when we left off, there were big things happening. Like Set was under attack. Yeah, there's an ogre at the gates. Yeah, a giant stone ogre. Crazy. An ogre, I believe is how it's pronounced. An ogre. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad there's no saucerers around here. Or pastamancers to go with the saucerers. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, 18, chapter 18 is called Breakthrough. Like a lot of other chapters, it has multiple meanings. Right. One of them might be kind of obvious, but there is, there's a couple of things going on throughout this chapter. Through to the other side. Break out through to the other side. Yeah. We're going to talk about their feelings a whole lot. I think I that's probably where it's going. Yep. I mean, yeah, obviously Lanny's going to have a therapeutic breakthrough. Mm -hmm. When the ogre breaks into set, there's going to be a giant folding chair for it to sit in. And then there's going to be like a, like a Shea lounge for yeah. it to like lay down yeah. and just kind of get it out. You know, I mean, why wouldn't yeah. you? So how's things? How's everybody? Uh, yo, shout out to, uh, Craig in Montana for being an avid listener of the show. I thought he'd only listened to a couple episodes. Apparently he's almost all but caught up. Sweet. He's driving um, across the country back to Montana and going to finish her up. Nice. Done. Thanks, Craig. What a great way to spend a road trip too. Right. You know, 
and to like reach out to you to tell you that he was listening. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he didn't. I knew he did because of our analytics. I was like, oh, there's someone in this specific town where I only know one person and we have one <laughs> listener there. I bet I know who that is. Either way, thanks, Craig. Yeah, thanks, Craig. But like when you talked to him, he, he said how much he enjoyed it. Yeah, we actually had a discussion about the things he liked and didn't like. And I asked him if our what didn't he like? I Well, so <laughs> he wouldn't tell me anything bad. I asked him if uh, our intros and outros were too long. And he says, no, it's a good perspective. And I was like. All right, fine. Well, you think they're too long? No, I just, we've gotten next to, to no feedback, no yeah. uh, critical, constructive criticism. So I just assume people are lying to us. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of fair. That's how I've been raised. If people are saying nice things to you, they're lying to you and then they don't like if it. If they say only nice things. No. Oh, just anytime they say yeah. nice things. <laughs> they're just waiting for the opportune moment to yeah. stab you in the back mm-hmm. and make you cry. Yep. Yeah. More feedback would be great. I know we only have two episodes to go after this, but there's still things that we can do. There's always things that we can do to improve. Yeah, or, we have a lot of other shows on the network. So if you have an idea for a positive change that we can make, you could see that change executed in the other shows. Right. You could message you could message me directly if you want on Twitter at IceDan underscore HDH or on Facebook.com slash Dan Cole author. Or you can message the network. Facebook.com slash professional casual or uh, email us at. Is it the professional casual yeah. email at gmail.com? Yep. Nailed it. Gmail and Instagram are the. the. All right. Or if you want to message on Twitter, you can message the channel at, at top tier casual, top tier casual. I almost said top tier casual. That's not even a word. It that's, is now. That's my only fans account. Actually, don't look it up. <laughs> I feel like you said that in another episode of something. I else. have a couple only fans. I got my yeah. finger in a lot of pies. A lot of pie. Oh, we know. But yeah, we'd love feedback of any kind. If there's something you think that we could improve on, yo, give us a compliment sandwich so I don't cry too much. Yeah, please don't make him cry. Or send all the negativity to me because I feed off of it and then I can filter it, you know, through right. my soul and then give it back in a constructive <laughs> way. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Uh, how about we go into this episode's deep question to get to know the host like you'll never know anybody again. This one I picked partly because I'm curious about Tim's answer. I think I know it, but he tends to throw curveballs here. Quentin Choir. Um, that almost counts. It might you could justify that as being an answer for this question. All right. <laughs> Who is your favorite comic villain? Mm. It's a lot I, of thinking I, going on. I need um, three weeks. <laughs> no, I, I need a uh, a qualifier here. Um. Who do I think is like the best at being? No, I said your favorite villain, villain. Or my personal favorite. Your favorite comic villain. Gotcha. And they could be somebody that was was a villain at one point and isn't always or whatever. This is hard. I feel and, like this is going to be really hard for both you and I because yeah. we both really like villains a lot. Yes. Um, <laughs> and also, I just I haven't read a lot of comics per se. Like I could tell you from like the old Batman cartoon. Sure, that would count. I mean, it's DC, but I like I'll allow the, it. The mud guy, Clayface. 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 I, actually oh, really dug I Clayface. love Clayface. So freaking cool, and I loved the way he looked in the old cartoon. And you know that was completely unique to that show. Like really? Clayface in the comics was not like that at all. Really, it was like I'm pretty sure Clayface in the comics could only just change what his face looked like. Yeah, not like a 
clay monster man yeah. he was so cool i do just from that whole cartoon i love the villains in that and like joker in that cartoon mark hamill yes i Very generally cool. hate like the heroes and villains whose power is just like i'm really big and strong right and you can't hurt me because i'm i'm big and strong um but i in dc really like both clayface and killer croc like a yeah. lot and yep. they are not within my normal um Spectrum of, like, of likingness. Bane is pretty cool too. I like his team up with Poison Ivy. Mm. Even in Batman and Robin. Yo, I love that movie. I don't <laughs> care. I know it's trash. I know it's straight up garbage, but like Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. I've actually never those, seen it. I've those, seen parts of it. Those nipples on the the bat suit and the Robin oh suit. Like why why you got armored nipples, bro? I forget where we were and we saw like a couple scenes of it just on TV one day and I was like, oh my God, this is so bad. I can't so, believe it. It's just like you could say that you like it because how B movie it is when it wasn't supposed to be. And I feel like a lot of my love for that movie is the nostalgia behind it. Like I watched it constantly when I was like this certain age. Right. It's like seven or eight. And it works as a kid's movie. Yeah. Right. And so as a kid, I loved it. And I loved like seeing like, yes, Poison Ivy is a villain, but like she was a woman in charge and she had a dude working for her who was like huge and strong. And she was like, go do this thing. And he was like, okay. And, and he was like, Ugh. you know what I mean? So I feel like as a small child, that was very empowering for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I always felt that movie was actually really good relative to the time because in the mid nineties, if you were going to laser tag or the roller skating place, everything was neon and black lights. Mm, and yeah. so much of that movie was that aesthetic that I yeah. felt it was really perfect. For I don't know time. why he, was it um, Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher. I always have to think for a second. So I don't say the race car driver, driver, Michael Schumacher. <laughs> yeah, Joel Schumacher up all the time was obsessed with that weird coloring all over the place. And I don't get it. Didn't he die recently? Oh. Joel Schumacher. Yeah. I don't know. I hope they buried him with those Batman nipples, though. <laughs> I want to look that up. Tim, are you looking stuff up there? Yeah, I'm looking at a top 100 list of comic book villains real quick just to see. <laughs> of course. If I can narrow her down at all. Yeah, he died June 22nd of 2020. Oh, geez. He was 80. Can I ask you who you think I was going to say? <sighs> no. I'll tell you after you give an answer. Otherwise, you're just going to be like, yeah, that sounds good. I My <laughs> assumption is that you would think I would say probably Magneto. Yes. And that's, I mean, he's way up there, but he's certainly not the end all be all. For okay. Me. Oh, I know. Cyclops. I wish we had videos. You could see Tim's face right now. This, this smile he's making. That's like, you're right, but you're not right. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Was also a top <laughs> contender. I was like, well, here's the argument I could make to make him a villain. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's really tough. That's really difficult for me. Cause I identify with the villain so much more. Cause I feel like they have put in so much more work. And that their plans are more sound and especially in more recent media that their plans are normally for some type of altruistic means. Like I thought Killmonger was an insanely just incredibly good villain in the Black Panther movie. Careful here. If you start talking about MCU villains, we're going to go on a tangent about the MCU for another 25 minutes. Yeah, that's fair. Because Killmonger, Loki, even Thanos were amazing villains mm -hmm. and just written in a way that you feel like you you could side with them an actual relatable villain yeah yeah even and like and then they would do these heinous things and you're like oh but i mean 
okay, <laughs> I guess I'm supposed to not like him because he killed a bunch of people. <laughs> right. But like the other things he's saying, maybe not Loki because Loki was just kind of, he didn't really have redeeming. He was just so much fun to watch. Right. Was, Tom Hiddleston is just so good as him. Yeah. I can't wait for his series. I actually, um, my seniors, one year we watched Black Panther and I had them do a debate about whether Killmonger was a villain or not. So that was pretty fun. I mean, did you assign roles or did they get to choose? I split them like randomly. So you forced half of them to be on the wrong side. Yes. And that Killmonger was a villain. And then I made them argue it. I can't. I can't. Give me your top three. So wait, was yours Poison Ivy then, Danny? Yeah, let's go with her. Okay. She's pretty cool. Followed secondly by Bane and Clayface. Okay. I just realized you didn't really give an answer. So I wanted to jump back there real quick. I gave all the answers. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure people are used to that by now between you two. Yep. You can do it, Tim. I guess top three. <laughs> and they all come with asterisks. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's nearly in pain right now, having to make this choice. Um, Bullseye during the Dark Avengers saga. Okay. Where he is posing as Hawkeye. Cool. Is way up there. Um, Magneto just kind of as a, as a standalone, but I don't see him actually as a villain. Uh, and Cyclops as well from Avengers <laughs> versus X-Men, who was not a villain, but was treated as one. All right. I like all those answers. Yeah. Dan, my if if the question was, who do you think is like the worst villain or the, you know, the most influential shredder is the uh, worst villain. Professor X. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's a lot of information to back that up. Well, especially if you listen to the space between covering the new mutants initial run of the first 20 issues. Mm -hmm. We talk about a lot how (laughs) Xavier is not really a hero. So waste of space. I would also argue Captain America. As a villain? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Maybe um, we'll have to do Civil War, the original Civil War comic series on the space between as well, so we can talk more about that. Very specifically, one of the main reasons is because of the Civil War. When mutants were being registered and killed in the streets and hunted down by the government, Captain America was oddly silent. But when someone wanted to make him have his name on an, an identification card so he could be registered with the state, he burnt down the entire country. Uh, that's I don't want to get into it too much on this show, but that sounds way too much like today's politics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so mine, my first thought, I always go to Dr. Doom. I love Dr. Doom as a villain. He's a great villain because he's smart, potentially smarter than any of the heroes. Cause like he's, you know, he's a fantastic four villain initially, but he's, been a villain of just about everybody at some point. But then he also has moments like the more recent secret wars yeah, where he was the God of battle world. Yeah. Like he literally had God powers and it just went to his head and destroyed him. And it was so awesome. No, I love that series. True. He, he was (laughs) doing something that was very altruistic and he was trying to hold people together in a functional way. And then Reed Richards had to come and ruin everything. Right. I know you always side with the villain. It's so great. No, (laughs) he was not the villain. I like Dr. Doom a lot. He is really good. Uh, I love it when he, uh, there were some great moments where like he made his own Iron Man type suit. Like for a while, I think it was, he was was Iron Man Man for a while. He made his own suit, but he also has magic. Mm -hmm. He is like a sorcerer, a saucer. (laughs) And I just love that about him. And I think he's one of those villains that has just character charisma off the charts and he you know he always has guys working doing things for him because he can convince people to do things even though he doesn't have mind powers 
He's also another one who is regularly messed with by the heroes who's just trying to do something that's like right for his country. He just wants to rule that area. Like, just let like, him rule his country. Why you got to get in there? Right. And he's not always not. Not every time is he like a tyrant. Like sometimes he's like I've seen there have been stories where like Dr. Doom is just legitimately trying to do what's best for his country and his countrymen. And yeah. And the heroes are like, well, you're Dr. Doom. So you're evil. And he's like, I'm trying to feed these people. Come on. I'm I, amassing I, nuclear stuff. Well, yeah, I'm trying to provide power to my country because <laughs> everything else is really dirty and super inefficient and super polluting right now. I have the technology and the smarts to make nuclear fission work. Stop being a dick. Just let me give people free power. <laughs> See, I like Dr. Doom a lot. My next favorite would be not strictly from comics, but Kingpin uh, from the Daredevil Netflix oh, show. D'Onofrio's Kingpin was He so was good. amazing. I could watch yeah. him. I just didn't. Vincent D'Onofrio just in general is a fantastic actor. Mm -hmm. I think he's very underrated. But as Kingpin, like I could just watch a show about him all, all every time it, it was a Kingpin scene. I was like, yes, he and made just that his for me. Oh, one hundred percent. I I mean, the, the action in that series was really good, but I think it was season two didn't have as much Kingpin and it was definitely lacking. But season three, when he like turned a dude into Bullseye slowly over the course of the season was so amazing. Yeah, I didn't know Bullseye really was cool. in season three. Yeah. I only watched season one. Watch season three. Season two is not bad by any means. Can but I just skip it? You could. It pretty Probably. integral. I, I think you could. I can't. Yeah, I mean, watch if you enjoy it. Watch it. He Kingpin is in season two, just not as much. He's in spoiler alert. He's in jail most of the time. But like Matt Murdock does go and like speak with him and whatnot. Um, but season three is heavily Kingpin. It was very difficult for me to move on from season one because Wesley was one of my favorite characters, and they did him real dirty. It was Kingpin's right hand man. Right first season. Yeah, I'm trying to think what happened to him. But I think I remember. Yeah. Spoilers. So somebody shoots him, right? Yeah. Like while they're talking with him. Mm -hmm. Is it Misty? Not Misty, but she's the, not in that the one. The like intern girl. Oh, um, yeah. From the girl from True Blood. What's her name? Karen. Her character's name is Karen. Yeah. I don't. I don't know why you're asking me an actor. I know you don't name. remember act I don't actors' know names. Actors uh, I don't care. Is it Jessica or was Jessica her character, that was on, True her Blood? character on True Blood? Dang it. Anyway, that girl. Yeah. Not worth remembering because she killed Wesley. <laughs> Fair. I just like on uh, Luke Cage, I would have been really upset if Shades ever got killed. I loved him as a villain too. The only um, Netflix MCU stuff I've watched is season one of Daredevil. That's it. Wow. Yeah. All of Daredevil is solid. Well, I, I, Real good. Jessica Jones. Wesley hit me pretty hard. I guess so. The first two seasons of Jessica Jones are really good. I never got around to watching the third, even though we There's wanted three to. three of it? Yeah, they did three of that. They did two of Iron Fist and two of Luke Cage and then Defenders, which really? was good. Yeah. There's a lot more there than I thought. There yeah. Was. I never, we never even finished season one of Iron Fist because. Because I Danny, couldn't figure out, is, is he Danny Tran? <laughs> I don't. Oh my God. Yeah. The first couple episodes of that were just annoying. Just I'm Danny Rand. I'm Danny Rand. It was like the, the audience gets it. You can do something. And the, the side characters they had in that were just not good. It gets better. He goes to China with Colleen and there's cool stuff that happens there, but I never actually finished that one. Luke Cage had the first season's great. The second season's has awesome moments. And then there were times where I just totally phased out because it was boring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then there are great, great spots. Uh, but yeah, I never watched Punisher either. There's at least one or two seasons of Punisher. I, I am bored by the Punisher. So I don't really care about the Punisher too much. Yeah. I mean, Daredevil season two is a lot about Punisher. So 
you probably want to skip that one. But yeah, Daredevil season three is is great. I have heard that the Punisher one was actually very good, even if you're not a Punisher person. I've wanted to get around to watching it and just haven't. But in a very similar vein of I don't like big, strong superhero types. I also don't like I have guys. guns. Well, and it's super like he's one of the strongest comic book heroes ever because Punisher's power is going. And then he can, you know, just live through being shot 95 times and dropped off a building and his head exploded by Superman. And it's just, it, Wait, where does Superman come from? He fought the century at one point and like survived somehow. Oh, I love the century. Just, I know? did like the Punisher movie with Tom Jane uh, overall. I don't know who that is. Liar. Tom Jane? Yeah. Like offhand, I don't know who that is. I'm sure that I'm aware of who he is, but I don't know who it is. <laughs> like if I, if I, tic tac on my phone right now and typed in Tom James. Jane. Jane. This is the guy you tried to make Cyclops the other day. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, he's 400 years old. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm really old. I don't like it. All right. So after I told you not to get off topic with MCU, I got off topic with pseudo MCU Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> MCU adjacent. Yeah. So what, let's, um, let's get into chapter 18 instead. We left off with the ogre. That chapter was ogre as soon as that, that guy showed up. <laughs> Nice. Ronan is being held by what's his face? Somebody. Oh yeah, we found out it's Bren. Yeah. He's he was captured by Bren to feed to this giant like praying mantis primal called Berliglio that Cass stumbled upon. See, once again, Bren is going to be in history, going to be considered a bad guy when he's really just trying to stave off the devastation of the town of Set. He is the savior of Set. Once we started recording this and I realized how like you were going to be Bren and how much we're going to talk about, like, you know, go into things and whatnot, I was like, Tim is going to love Bren and he's going to hate what I what's happening. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Just yep. Uh, So we got to see what happens with the ogre at the gates. Brutus is still in his mansha. He's like out for the count. No, he's out. Oh, man, did I forget what happened in the chapter? I guess so. <laughs> you wrote it. He lost his eye. Oh, he didn't wake up yet. Yeah, sounded, he can't see out of his eye. Sounded like he had woken up. Well, he was still he talking was like, the Toro. I can't see out of my eye. And they were like, sacrifices need to be made. True. Yeah, that's where we ended up. He was still talking to Toro in the mansha. Okay. R- Ronan is captured somewhere and Cass is still in the forest. So we'll just see what happens with this giant 20 foot tall stone ogre. Lanny's got it. She's got the sword. She's got an S word and a dagger. I believe in her. Let's see what happens in chapter 18. Breakthrough. <sighs> Lainey stood in the square before the gate. She thanked the sprites that the ogre was slow enough that a dozen of the largest primals in set could brace the gate before it crashed an arm into the wood. Two meter-long pieces of thick timber were propped up against the gate to brace it, and it was holding, for now. Lainey watched what was happening, ready with Ronan's sword in hand. She stood back, unsure of what she could do. She was strong, but so much smaller than the primals holding the gate. She was strong, but so much smaller than the primals holding the gate that she knew she'd be of better use elsewhere. She just wasn't sure where that was yet. At the top of the wall, the primals pelted the ogre with arrows and spears to no effect. They had tried pouring boiling tar on the thing, but it didn't even seem to notice. There were whispers that the tar was slowing the side that was covered, at least. So far, after nearly half an hour of fighting, the ogre hadn't broken down the wall, but had kept at it the same pace and ferocity. Laney knew, as everyone else, that the thing would never tire. Eventually, the gate would shatter and the ogre would destroy the town. Lord Mel had ordered everyone that wasn't a soldier to the opposite end of town ready to evacuate as soon as the gate looked like it would break. Soldiers knew what they had to do. 
The waiting was terrible for Lainey. She wanted to help, but felt in the way. She couldn't go fight the ogre on her own. She wasn't scared of it, but she wasn't stupid either. She wondered if the sword would cut the thing. Somehow she knew it could if Ronan held it, but she didn't know if it would work the same for her. She wasn't prepared to test that on her own. If the ogre broke down the gate, she would fight with the soldiers, and then she would learn. The ogre smashed an arm into the gate again, and all the primers holding it were forced back a step. One of the lengths of timber holding the gate cracked. Not much longer now, Lord Mel said, appearing at Lanny's side. The leader of the settlement was covered in heavy armor, her scarred face hidden beneath a thick helmet lined with chain mail that covered her neck. Lanny knew the armor would do little good against the strength of the ogre, but figured that it made Lord Mel look prepared for battle, which was important for morale. She held a long-handled halberd in her clawed hands. The head of the weapon was a heavy blade that came to a nasty point. Lord Mel stood at the ready, her weapon held straight up as she surveyed the battle. I do not know if we can stop this monster. The rest of Set is ready for evacuation. You should go with them. Thank you, Lord Mel, but I never run from a fight. Laney answered, eyes glued to the gate. Very well, then. Lord Mel turned to Laney, who saw the movement and turned to face her as well. I shall knight you as a protector of Set, a preceptor that guards the realm. I'm honored. Take a knee, knight. Laney got down on one knee after quickly sheathing the sword. She bowed her head and Lord Mel lowered her halberd over Laney's shoulders. As a protector of the realm, you shall swear to give everything, including up to your life in the defense of Set. I swear it, Laney said, her heart beating rapidly. You are one of us now. You may be human, but you are now a knight of Set. Live well, die with honor. Thank you, Lord Mel. I plan on doing the former, but the latter won't be today. Lainey said as she stood, brimming with confidence. Good words. I sincerely hope you live up to them. With that, Lord Mel stomped off to lend her presence elsewhere. What did I just do? Lainey thought to herself, shocked at what just took place. I'm a knight. Does that mean I can still leave when this is over? Do I have to live here? Oh man, I was so excited I didn't even think. Lainey began pacing, nearly overwhelmed with nervous excitement. Brutus opened his eyes and found himself lying on his back on a dirt floor inside a dark room. He has returned to us, Bubla said. He sounded far away. Good. He's been gone for a long time. Brutus reached out a hand and felt a strong grip take it. Bubla helped him to a sitting position. How are you feeling, young Brutus? I feel... Brutus stopped to think. He noticed right away that his right eye still had no sight. I feel like a new minnow. Please tell me, is there a weapon here my ancestors had? Bubla and Eka shared a knowing look. In the living area, I had a vision once that it was for a young minnow from another place. I'm glad it is you. You will need it. I will, Brutus said as he got to his hooves. Yes, and it is good you are feeling well. You are needed at the gate. What's at the gate? Brutus asked, making his way out of the dark room behind the other two. Our worst fears. A stone ogre. Laney stood in the light drizzle as the clouds above began dropping water onto set. The rain was cold and wholly uninvited. Laney listened to the splintering of the gate. The ogre, had been Ill- the ogre had been at it for over an hour and the holes were starting to appear in the thick wood. The denizens of set had reinforced it as best as they could, but the ogre was making its way through. Their attempts to injure it were doing nothing, not even annoying it. Laney knew the end was coming soon and she was ready. 
She held her own in sword out again, trying everything she could think of to will the flames to ignite like the old warrior had. Nothing had worked so far. Her last idea was to give it some blood of her own, maybe run her thumb along the edge. She, took her, she shook her head. That wasn't it. This was not a void spawn weapon that demanded sacrifice. She knew the Tonto well. It was a blade forged for good and did not need blood to cut. The sword was its sibling and Lainey instinctively knew it was the same. Still, she couldn't get it to do what she wanted and it was frustrating her. She knew the blade would cut through the ogre if Ronan wielded it, but wasn't as confident of the blade in her own hands. She looked up as she heard another mighty crack at the gate. That's it. It's coming through. Prepare yourselves. Defend our home. Defend Set. Just as she finished her rallying cry, one of the ogre's massive hands punched through the broken gate. It flipped one of the bracing lengths of timber out of the ground and knocked a wolf primal off his feet. Lainey didn't see the warrior move again. With a rumbling roar that sounded like an avalanche, the ogre tore the gate out of its way and waded into the warriors at its feet. To their credit, none of them retreated at the sight of the monster. It was more than twice as tall as the largest Usaris, the bear primals, and each swing of its arm sent a half a dozen wolf fighters flying through the air. The weapons were useless. Halberds deflected from the stone body. Arrows clattered to the ground, their heads bent. Spears and swords scraped along the rock, removing moss and lichens here and there, but the ogre roared its way through them, looking around. It set its eyes on Lanny and moved towards her. She readied her blade and made one final prayer to the sprites. Let me end it, was all she said, and ran at the monster. The ogre punched at her, ignoring the primals that swarmed around it. Lainey leapt at the last second and landed on top of the thing's arm, its fist sinking deep into the soft, wet ground. She swung the sword down, scratching the arm. It had just as much effect as the primal's weapons. Oh, nerd! She started to say before the ogre flung her off. She crashed into a low building hard, driving the air from her lungs. The sword clattered on the flagstone before the door of a building and the ogre stomped towards her. She reached for the sword, at least holding it would make her feel better, even if it was useless. The ogre held its arms high, ready to pulverize her. Lainey got her feet under her, ready to jump out of the way. Before she could, though, the ogre stumbled to the side, taking a tiny step, knocking two primals to the ground. The ogre turned its tiny head to see what had happened. Lainey looked as well. They both saw Brutus. The minotaur had crashed full speed into the ogre's legs, a maneuver that would have gored any normal opponent to death, but the ogre had merely stumbled slightly. Before the monster could ready itself, Brutus swung his mighty club, his new kanabo, into the ogre's knee. The Kanabo held firm, but a chip of stone pinged from the ogre. Everyone stopped and looked, shocked. It could be hurt. The ogre roared again and flailed at Brutus. Instinctively, Brutus brought his weapon up to block, but it was a wasted effort. The ogre smashed Brutus back, sending him to a low building as well, crashing right through the thin wall. Brutus thought this felt awfully familiar. The primals redoubled their attack, seeing even a chip come off the monster, renewed their vigor, and they attacked with all the viciousness they could muster. Lainey took the opportunity to snatch up the sword and try her luck again. She looked at the blade, it shone white in the darkness, reflecting the light of the fires about. The raindrops that fell on it sizzled. Wait, sizzled? Lainey looked at the sword, puzzled. It was hot. Not on fire, but close. She grinned, gripped it in two hands, and rushed the ogre. Cass made her way through the monk woods as quietly as she could, which pretty much meant silently. She had scaled the wall as close to these woods as she could and made her way to the tree where they had met Bren that morning. The woods were quiet. She could hear the fighting a few hundred meters away at the gate. She knew she wouldn't be any help with just a longsword against the ogre, but she thought she could help another way. She found the tree. Its huge branches and wide trunk were out of place with the smaller trees that made up the rest of the monk woods. She looked around at the base, guessing there was some kind of entrance, but there was no obvious opening. The dark of the night made it even harder to tell. She circled the tree without finding anything. 
She decided to climb it instead. Maybe the opening was higher up in the branches. Cass grabbed on a low branch and stuck her foot in a knot. She fell on her backside as the base of the tree swung open, revealing a small doorway. She had found what she was looking for. And he circled around the back of the ogre, slashing the blade across its back. She left a blackened scratch, still not cutting as deep as she wanted. The ogre whirled around, trying to face her. Bruising the primals kept chopping and bashing at the thing. Few had been crushed by its bulk, but it was so distracted by Lanny that it was hardly attacking. It simply kept turning towards her. She was fast and kept ahead of it, but it was exhausting running around the huge thing. The ground was getting churned into thick mud by all the feet moving around. The rain had picked up and was falling hard now, stinging eyes and making the ground slick and treacherous. It's distracted! Lanny yelled over to Brutus as she caught sight of him for a moment in the swirling melee. But I'm not really doing much. Keep at it! Brutus called back, wailing on the monster with the canabo. We'll weaken it eventually! Lanny wasn't so sure. She slashed the beast again, hardly breaking the surface. Better than when we started, I guess. She thought. Lanny kept at it best she could, but she knew this wasn't the way to win this. As they circled, the ground got muddier and slicker. More primal warriors fell in the mud and were crushed by the ogre's massive feet. Lanny was getting short of breath and tired. It had been a long day and this constant movement wasn't helping. She tried stabbing the ogre, but the blade didn't bite much deeper than slashing it. But it gave Lanny an idea. She pulled out the tanto in her left hand and leapt. One foot used the leg of the ogre to spring to its lower back. She used the tanto to steady herself, the blade biting in far enough to hold her in place. She got purchased with her feet and jumped again, landing on the ogre's shoulders. What are you doing? Brutus called out, terrified for her. I have an idea. Keep hitting it. Lainey called back. The ogre was reaching for her, but couldn't lift its arms high enough to get a hold of her. Lainey swayed with the monster, holding just the sword now. She held it with both hands, the blade pointed down at the back of the ogre's neck. I believe... She said quietly before she plunged the sword down in between the rocks of the neck. The ogre bellowed in pain as the sword bit in, but it only stuck about five centimeters. The ogre thrashed about with renewed vigor and once again flung Lainey off of it. Her reflexes led her to grab the sword handle just before she crashed to the ground a few meters away from the creature. Lainey gritted her teeth, half in pain, half in frustration. Why didn't that work? Why won't the sword work for me? Lainey rose slowly to her feet. For all of her strength and toughness, this creature was far beyond her. Frustration built up inside her, just when she had found Ronan, someone who would teach her about the world, tell her the truth. He was taken away. She had found people to spend time with in a possible relationship, but now this ogre was tearing it all apart. She held the sword with both hands, feeling the rain fall on her, soaking her through. The rain sizzled on the blade, but it would still not ignite. It would hardly hurt the ogre at all. Just work! She yelled at the sword. She shook it with frustration and anger. Lainey looked up, heard the ogre coming closer again. She looked at the sword, grit her teeth, and charged. She howled a war cry of rage. Just die! She slashed the sword at the monster, nearly severing its leg. The ogre cried out in pain, more pain than it had ever felt before. The sword glowed white with fire in Lainey's hands. She stared at it, dumbfounded. The ogre staggered back, its left leg almost attached from its body. Lainey smiled and stepped up to press her attack. She stopped when she felt a hand on her shoulder. Please, let me. Lainey turned around to see Ronan and Cass behind her. Ronan held out his hand for the blade. This is my burden, something I should have taken care of long ago. Lainey didn't know what he meant, but she was elated to see him again. Yogar looked down and saw, as soon as it saw Ronan, it flew into a renewed rage. Ronan grabbed the sword from Lainey's loosening grip and charged the creature. I'm sorry, my friend, Ronan said through tears. Then he thought it was the rain on his face at first, but now she clearly saw that Ronan was crying. I wish I had the strength to have done this a millennia ago. I hope you can forgive me. 
Ronan slashed the blade of the ogre, finishing what Lanny started and removed the left leg. The ogre howled and toppled over. Primal warriors scrambled out of the way. The ogre landed in the mud, splashing it in all directions. Lanny turned and saw Cass running to her immediately. The two held each other while they watched Ronan continue his gruesome work. You should not have had to bear this pain for so long, Ronan was saying to the ogre. But tonight I will end it. I've been searching for you for a long time. Ronan stepped onto the ogre and climbed up on its hulking girth. The creature, having not felt pain for hundreds of years, was in a state of shock and lay in the mud, unsure of what was happening. I'm sorry, Amish, but now your pain is over. Sleep. Find Taya in the void. Tell her and Gideon and Ferenz that I miss them and will join you all. Someday. Ronan held the sword hide, blade down, and drove it into the forehead of the ogre. The blade flared brighter than ever before, lighting the dark night like a bonfire, engulfing Ronan. He was able to push the sword into the ogre to the hilt, extinguishing the light and flames. Ronan and the ogre, Hamish, looked each other in the eye, and the ogre stopped all movement. Lanny swore she saw a tear from the ogre just before his eyes closed. Who? It's about time Ronan showed up. <laughs> he was indisposed, you know? You know. Always hamishing it up. Jeez. Oh, Getting some eggs and hamish. Oi. That's what hamish would say. <laughs> Literally, he has. Yeah, so the ogre, Tim was right. It was a dwarf. Oh, yeah. You said that at one point. When we were talking about the beard, Amish, we knew from a flashback, was one of like the adventurers with Ronan from his past. But now he's real big. And real dead. He's a big bully. He's finally dead. Yeah. Finally. The Ronan Ronan wasn't for dying for chapters upon chapters. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, Ronan was the only one to survive for a thousand years or so. Just one of his friends was an ogre. Yeah. Yeah. I think that goes to show you that ogres don't have to be bad. You know what I mean? That ogre could have been good if Ronan, you know, socialized him more. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. Oh, I mean, it could. We don't know. No one's tried it, Dan. I mean, we know the ogre wasn't doing anything right. until he it was, was disturbed. Minding his own business in the forest underneath the ground a little bit. And yeah. And freaking yeah. Cass and Lanny have to go rub Making out on, on rocks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like to imagine that um, he just had been sitting there for so long that like the you know things tend to get buried in the ground after being there for a long time so it showed how long he'd just been like hanging out he's probably sitting there waiting for ronan to come back yeah could be he for hundreds said, of years he was just going to the store to get some milk oh jeez like that uh <laughs> the story of that dog in japan oh that one yeah. yeah i was thinking the one from futurama Oh, oh, that yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Don't stop. Oh, You're going to make me cry. <laughs> the story of the dog that he would go to the train station with his owner every day and then wait till his owner came back from work and then they'd walk home together. And then one day his owner went to work, but like died while he was at work, had a heart attack or something. And the dog stayed at the train station for like a decade. Wow. Waiting for the owner to come back. And he just became like part of that train station. And then, and then the dog died there. It was and super two sad. kids sat on him and he got really mad and yeah. destroyed part of a town. <laughs> Pretty much. I would too if two kids sat on me. Right. I'm just a sad dog waiting at a train station for my owner to get back. And <laughs> right. you're going to sit on me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give me a break. Kids have no respect these No days. respect at all. <laughs> no respect. No respect. <laughs> but yeah, so. This generation. They just sit on whatever they want. Oh my God. 
<laughs> I didn't realize I was going to start a tirade here. Whatever. You get to go off on a tangent for 20 minutes about comic books. It wasn't 20 minutes. The it, tangent was like five minutes. It was longer. Than Actual that. discussion of the discussion question Whatever. was most of that. Whatever. I hit the first page break button after minute 20. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, Craig. <laughs> he said he didn't mind the length no, of the intro. he intros. said it was good. I was... Trying to bait him out to tell me it was bad, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't take it. Well, you know what? I have the power to edit it down a little bit shorter anyway. Oh, that's fair. I could cut out some of there's Tim's too many answers. <laughs> there's a lot of silence of me trying to figure out what my answer could even be in the ballpark of. I'll just change it to two answers instead of three. <laughs> just be like, well, I can give you the top two. <laughs> <laughs> no, can you change it to like a British lady's voice? <laughs> Hello. Hello. I can give you the top two. I did that um, an episode a while ago where I said the wrong sprite name that was powering the sword. I said nymphs instead of sylphs. And I had to like edit in me saying sylphs. And it, it came out kind of awkward. Because we weren't using the program we are now, which would have been a lot smoother. Yeah. So it was like, blah, but this, the sword was powered by the salamanders and the sylphs. Yeah. So I thought <laughs> yeah, Tim messaged me. He's listened to it to, you know, kind of check for quality. Someone's he was phone like, call must have gotten in or something. <laughs> like, I don't so know weird. what happened here. And I was like, yeah, that was, I said the wrong thing. I had the wrong thing in, in there and I, I fixed it digitally and or like in the text and in the show when it, like it was a little awkward but at least it's the right word <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah brutus finished his mansha he's blind in his right eye now so what's the new weapon he got a canabo it's oh, like a yeah, big yeah, 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 it's yeah. like a really big bat with a bunch of metal studs in it mm. but this one is you know minotaur size so it's like real big it's a tree it's, it's basically a tree branch, yeah. but it's like petrified wood, super hard. Yeah. With studs in it. Yeah. Mm. Wheeled he by just, a stud. <laughs> <laughs> and he just go and bash things with it. Just see Bruno walking around. He'll probably get an eye patch. Brutus. Now. Brutus. Yeah. Not Bruno. This is wrong show. Very. Di Bruno's very oh, different so from different. Brutus. <laughs> Could you imagine Brutus stuck in a window? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you haven't yet, you need to do yourself a favor and listen to our A Grim Podcast, A Perilous Adventure show and yeah. learn all about Bruno and his magnificentness. Yeah. No, so I just see Brutus walking around. Eye patch. New Canabo, like, does anybody have a stud finder? <laughs> I don't know if that's his style, like, but I like it. Would, like, he uses it, it to Canabo. climb up onto the coach because he can't get up unless someone's holding it down for him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like the new Brutus. He also has armor, Minotaur armor. Uh, I don't think it's mentioned it's made here Made out yet. of Minotaurs? Minotaurmer? No, it's not made out of Minotaurs. Minotaurmer. It's like minute race. It only takes five minutes to make. <laughs> Uncle Toro's minute. Darmer. Minute time. Oh, okay. whatever. You guys, I can't do anything serious here. Just know that <laughs> you only have two chapters left to deal with this. I know. I'm kind of sad. Have we talked about the bonus episode on here yet? I think you I, talked about wanting to do it. I believe you had mentioned it. I don't know if it was on the record or not. Right. Well, if it hasn't been yet, I'm going to make it official now. After this is all said and done, after episode 20, we're going to do a special bonus Patreon-only episode. It's going to be a Patreon member to get access to this episode. Tim, you want to tell, tell everybody what the episode is going to be about? It's going to be about Jork. It's going to be about Jork and how he loses his spine. He's so excited. Yeah. There's also a very special primal in there. 
that I was really excited to see. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was totally fan service, oh, aka no. Tim fan service. That's yeah. So I, I finished reading and I was like, all right, this was made for me. <laughs> this was made for nobody else, <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, I, I finished. Uh, the synopsis of it, I don't want to give too much away, obviously, but we, yeah, it's going to be the story of Jork and how he lost his, uh, decided to call it a horn. The, the very first head spine of an orc is called a horn and how he got Jork's pub as well. Yeah. And it takes place after the end of the book, which means Jork is still alive. <laughs> that that part's not true. Uh, it's written in there. It's going to come out. Did you change it again? I did. <laughs> like, why did I give you editing powers? That was foolish. <laughs> I saw the email come through and it was like, Dan Cole has invited you to edit. And I was like, that's all I needed. <laughs> oh, no. I meant view. I have to change that because he'll change everything. Yeah, well. What was it we were doing the other day and he changed something that so it said poop? Because <laughs> I keep... It was like for- pool. Yeah, the word was pool. Yeah, it was the last episode, the last chapter of this we read. And I I just clicked, I just like defaults to edit to sharing. It's a Google Doc and I shared it with them and it defaults to giving them editing powers. And so Tim likes to change things sometimes. Yeah, he does. And we had to stop because I was like, wait, what? Why does this say poop? (laughs) Why is she washing her face in a poop? (laughs) A poop of water? I don't get it. You can't, you can't trust him with your digital documents. It's never anything destructive. No, not yeah. totally. Yeah. Right. I mean, it can be fixed. Right. Changed. But no, the story does not take place after oh. this story. I will say that. And it's there are no poops of water. I don't think there's right. any poops of water in it. Bummer. I'm not, I haven't totally finished it, but I we have the story set. I just need to finish actually writing it out. But that'll be after episode 20 of this. It'll be a Patreon exclusive. So if you want to get more about Dork and his past you can become a patron at patreon.com slash professional casual and you can do it for as little as a dollar a month yep and we're doing sweet patron giveaways where you could win something from our merch store for a dollar a month yeah uh, Lindsay break. was coming up with a design for a new uh big yeah. fiction energy shirt yes which we'll have on there pretty soon yeah thank you Lindsay. yeah and I, that was i was very pleasantly surprised that yeah, I just like, I just threw out a random suggestion and like an hour later she was like, here's a mock-up. And I was like, whoa, awesome. Right? Like Dan just said it in a group chat. Like, I want to have this shirt. And Lindsay was like, okay. Here it is. Here, here you go. I'm like, oh. Shazam. She's nice. I like her. She's a real nice lady. She's all right. <laughs> She's all right. She's not going to listen to this. The kids we can say whatever right. we want about her. <laughs> all right. Because I added this one. Yeah. <laughs> I think what other big things happened in this episode? Well, everybody is together and set. We had, they were all kind of separate for a few chapters there, but like the gang's all together again. Yeah. And Ronan has incredibly dirty feet because his sandals are still in his room. Yep. He's been walking around. I don't, yeah, I don't think they would have been carrying them around a tree, with you know? Yeah. So, yep. yeah, I'm sure his feet are grody, but he, he's pretty used to that. I mean, yeah. Cass doesn't have another pair of shoes on her. Here you go. I mean, you know how like every old guy has like a really weird big toenail. (laughs) Can you imagine? Rona's been around for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Can you imagine what that big toenail is? Yeah, but he's got a flaming sword. He can just be like, you know, what's funny. Not clip him, but he can cut him. You even said it when you were like, you know how every old guy has. I knew you were going to talk about a weird big toenail. (laughs) I knew it. And I can like envision it. It means we've been spending too much time together. It's one of my favorite Daniel Tosh jokes where he's like. You know how like your dad has that weird big toenail and if your dad doesn't have that weird big toenail, he's not your real dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, so I do want to say 
uh, at least one of Tim's predictions from a couple episodes was wrong. Cass is not dead. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was making some. Yeah, some bold predictions. Some high odd bets. Yeah. Doesn't look like Brutus became a pacifist either because he immediately just charged into that fight. Yeah. Smashed into yeah. the ogre's leg and then just wailed on it with this big old bat. He's a very aggressive pacifist. <laughs> yes. Smash. He's, he's over lacto pacifist. Like he, <laughs> right. He makes some exceptions. Mm-hmm. My friend in college became a vegetarian, like a pescatarian. And so I did too, but she didn't eat eggs because she was so ridiculously pro-life her words. And I was like, you realize that chicken eggs aren't fertilized, right? Like there's not, there's nothing in it. You're not eating a baby. So, yeah. Maybe she was. Maybe she was eating like boule in the streets of Taiwan oh in the middle of the night. I remember watching. I was like one of those like international travel food channels. And yeah. I was like, this looks like fun. And then they're like eating like baby ducks. Yeah. yeah. Baby ducks. You just hard boil that sucker. And they've got feathers on them. Yeah. yeah. I just nasty. Fertilized duck eggs. I don't usually have a problem with other places like. Yeah. Cuisine. Um. Not not just cuisine. What are they Specialties? Yeah, I guess. I think that's the word I'm looking for. But that one is just like, that's, I don't know, just eating feathers. That just doesn't yeah. seem like it would be good. <laughs> and I just, so my sense of smell is really bad. Always has been, probably will just get worse. And then I'll like die of some like gas leak that anyone else would have smelled, but I can't. Um, <laughs> that's your but, dooming. Yeah. But Dan and I, when we lived in our first apartment, I wanted to make some like fancy frittata nonsense and i was so proud of myself because i got these eggs from this like local farm store and six of the 12 eggs were like super fertilized with like a yeah Yeah. with a very cracked them open into a bowl to make scrambled eggs and the smell of it though like the smell of a dead fertilized chick oh god i hope nobody is eating breakfast or something while they're listening to this it is the most important meal of the day though so yeah is it though isn't lunch really kind of the most important meal of the day? I think lunch very breakfast well be just the powers best. you till lunch, right? And then lunch the is thing. really is the, the workhorse. But then lunch just powers dinner. you until dinner. No, because you don't need dinner. <laughs> yeah, if there's one meal that I feel like I could skip out on, and it's, it's probably and dinner. one that's probably too big, especially for always what you have right. for the rest of the day going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got pizza last night. I mean, mistake of eating a third slice without thinking about it. And I kind of felt like junk the rest of the night. Loser. Um, what do you guys want to happen next? As far as like the listeners at home. Sorry, I'm looking directly. At I was like, I already know what happens to, next. Um, <laughs> but after after we finish the story, is there anything else that you'd like to, to hear from Lanny Girl Without Fear? What else would you want from Big Fiction Energy? Yeah. doesn't have to be. Would you be interested in a more direct audible style reading of the book what does that mean like like just like for the listeners like what does that mean like we record the book uh but better and without intros and outros like as an audiobook but the intros and outros are fun they are <laughs> we're talking about a different thing right yeah like we said in, in the intro like it, whatever feedback people want to give us constructive criticism is fine what would you what else do you want we will have or a series of short stories in the world or around other characters' backgrounds. Right. We will do Laney too eventually. I haven't finished writing it yet. Um, for us to do that 
But that is certainly something planned for the future of Big Fiction Energy. This once the book is complete here, it's not we're not done with Big Fiction Energy forever. I think it's going to be kind of a, it might take a little bit of a hiatus because things have to get written before. So people have uh, things they want to hear. Totally send it to us. You're not going to get it the next week, but it'll happen yeah, for we're not sure. Done. We're just going to the store to get a half gallon of milk and cigarettes. We're coming back, though. We will. Right. We still have two episodes there's to do after this. Those two chapters. After chapter 20, there's going to be a real long line at Walmart. Oh, God. It might take us a while, but we'll be there <laughs> for your high school graduation. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that got personal real quick. <laughs> All right. Ouch. Find out what happens next with the aftermath of the ogre attack. Next up, chapter 19 is called Repercussions. Woo. All right. So. Head on down to Bluffington to Honkerburger and make sure that you order three moo cows, one no cukes, one no stinkers, one wet one, four tubers, and four from the vine. They'll know what you're talking about. How about we rock on the old world? Rock over Galarian. Play school. The problems of tomorrow, today. so much for listening and go ahead and check out all of our other great shows available from the professional casual network including the space between presents which is a deep dive into docu-series including season one where we covered tiger king season two where we covered jeffrey epstein filthy rich and season three where we're currently covering mcmillions we also have the lost omens podcast our new actual play that's coming soon where we're playing pathfinder second edition we also have Big Fiction Energy, our audio drama podcast in which we tell the story of Lanny, the girl without fear, featuring sirenscape sound effects and music. The grim podcast of Perilous Adventure is our Warhammer fantasy roleplay actual play podcast. We play through the enemy within campaign and try to survive the perils of the old world. We also have Elite Age Showdown, where host Big Chuck takes an eight-team bracket that could be about anything and everything and pits them against each other. We also have The Space Between which is a deep dive podcast on the best video games, comics, and movies of today and yesteryear. Last, we have Professionally Asked, Casually Answered, an advice podcast where we take questions from you, our listeners and patrons, and try not to completely ruin your life. You can submit questions through any of the following places. Hit us up on Instagram, The Professional Casual. Our email address is theprofessionalcasual at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Top Tier Casual. Facebook is facebook.com slash professional casual. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash professional casual. And our website is professionalcasual.com.